very nice how much. What? You don't know where that's from? Yo, welcome, you welcome back, man. Thank you, bro. Um, it's been like three weeks. Has it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And it's felt like... Wow. It hasn't felt like it. It's gone by really fast. Yeah. But I'm yeah, it think doesn't, on yeah, our yeah. last episode, um, we were like, yeah, you know, 2022 could not get worse. Like, we're, yeah. we're on the up and up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, literally the first month kind of hit me like a Mack truck. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's just uh, part of the human condition. Certain things we have to deal with is unfortunate. As it is, there's literally no way around some of these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing? Um, I, you know, it's funny, like, when people ask me this, I don't even know. Like, my default right. is, like, good. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I'm like, um, yeah. I'm not like, if good. I really think about it, I'm not good. Right. You know? Um, I, I guess I should have clarified with you before, didn't even cross my mind like are we gonna address the elephant in the room do you want to talk yeah, about this um, or we can move on yeah no that's cool I'm, i won't talk like a lot about it because i might start getting emotional but that's okay emotions are good yeah um january 18th um i lost my father he passed away and it's just been just a really monumental loss um right it's hard to put into words and it's it's like I'm still processing it. Like on some days, mm-hmm. it doesn't even feel Real. like it really happened. Right. Like I'm kind of waiting for him to like come back home, which is yeah. It's a weird feeling, man. Even like seeing like photos or like going through photos of him, or like old text messages that are like still in my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, this really happened. Like a month later, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, man. That's terrible. Um, and I know you said you didn't want to talk about this much, but like, uh, w- when I think about your dad, one of the things that always sticks out in my mind—not always, but I—it I, does cross my mind from time to time over the years. I remember, like, there was a period in my life when I wasn't doing shit, right? Like, I wasn't doing anything. I had kind of decided that. Like my music career wasn't gonna really work out and I didn't really have a good job. And I was kind of like, I I had no direction, right? And finally I decided to go into like radiology school and that, that all of that worked out really well for me. So I remember when, so uh, a little bit of background. Um, the re- I'm the kind of person that I'm not very um, affectionate right? I'm not very emotional outwardly, you know, I'm kind of like dry. And my father's the same way. So like me and my dad don't really say I love you to each other. I know he loves me. I'm sure he knows I love him, but it's like kind of a dry relationship. And that's just, I don't know if that's good, probably not, but that's just the way it is. So that being said, um, I finally got my shit together. I went to school, got a de- you know, got a degree, got a really good job before I even passed my boards. 
um, you know, making good money. And I finally got it all together. And your, your dad one day ran into me, right? We bumped into each other and he was like, man, your father won't stop talking about how proud he is of you and how happy he is that like, you know, you found your way and you're doing your own thing. And he sees how it's changed your, the way you walk around, you know, the way you are now, like you have more confidence. And he just kept telling me over and over and over within like a five minute, it was a quick conversation. He was yeah. telling me over and over, I'm trying not to get emotional, over and over about how, um, how proud my dad was of me. And, wow. you know, in, in, the, in that moment, it was um, something that I, I really needed to hear because, yeah. um, sorry. No, that's okay. You're making me cry over here. <laughs> you're, you're the one with the loss, and I can't keep my shit together. So. Um, you know, it was just really what I needed to hear at the time, and I didn't even realize it um, because me and my dad just kind of have this dry relationship. So, and I know that he loves me, and I know you know we we have a different kind of bond, but I just really appreciated that because obviously your father doesn't really know. What, what the dynamic of my relationship with my dad was. And I never even really told him, you know, it was a pleasant conversation and, and, and I left it at that. But, um, and it happened 10 years ago, literally, probably more. Yeah. You know, I, I was a tech for 10 years, so we're probably talking 11, 12 years ago. Wow. But from time to time, it always popped into my head and um, it just meant a lot to me and it's so it seems so like kind of random and insignificant but it, it did mean a lot to me and I mean that's just one of dozens of really unique and interesting and impactful uh interactions that I had with your dad you yeah. know he was a special person and everyone loved him and you'd probably it'd probably be impossible for you to find someone who had something negative to say about him um but yeah Sorry. Well, that's really nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he was super encouraging. And um, yeah. I've heard over like the past three weeks, just like so many people coming forward with, you know, stories about how they impacted their lives. Um, right. So that's really special to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, let's take a breather. Ah, and we'll be back in five minutes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. So, awkward transition time. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, it's 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 hard to focus on anything else right now, man. I'm not going to lie. I know. Like, even, I know, like, I know. everyday, not, well, like, little tasks that seem... They just don't like, seem important. Yeah, they just don't seem important, and I just don't, like, care right now <laughs> about right. anything. Right, Which right. is weird. Um no, it's not weird. I, like anyone who's ever lost someone can one that like you you get that feeling when you lose someone that's not a immediate family member. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Just sometimes just someone you went to school with or someone you worked with, like that you know you had a relationship with. It could really turn your life upside down and just emotionally you you're just drained and not, it's hard for anything to seem 
relevant or important, you know? So <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's amplified times a thousand when it's a close yeah. relative, you know, an immediate family member or father, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. It's tough, and man. It's, um, it's really, really tough. Taking it a day at a time. It's really tough. You guys have really impressed me. I mean, I'm, I'm really uh, proud of you guys for... I mean, I guess it's a weird thing to be proud of someone. Like, I'm proud because of the way you're grieving. I mean, that's kind of sounds stupid, but... Um, you know, you guys have been really strong, and I just hope that you know you don't have to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to be as emotional as you need to be, and you deal with it the way you need to deal with it. But you guys are being very, like, pragmatic, and, you know, you're, you're doing what you have to do, and you're being there for your mom, and even she's, like... And granted, I'm not around you guys 24-7, and I know when at night when you're there by yourself and yeah exactly we have our moments around right exactly but you guys are really like you know hanging in there and being strong yeah. and supporting um, each other yeah i mean that's all we can do and it's really been right. helping me to be really close to my family during this time yeah. um so like as much as i'm trying to be strong and be there for my family like they are the ones helping me to right be strong and keep going you know yeah so yeah i heard this uh, i was watching this uh, like a clip from an interview about grief um and mm -hmm. they were interviewing i forgot what late night show it was one of these and um andrew garfield uh one of the actors who play spider-man i don't know which one don't ask me oh yeah he's the british guy the tall yeah. kind of the big hair kind of Kind of, yeah, him. Yes. Um, and he had recently lost his mother um, mm. and was talking about grief. And he was saying something kind of profound that he hopes that he always feels this grief for the rest mm. of his life. Because the grief represents all the unexpressed love that he still mm. has to give. And, mm. I can, and when I started thinking about it that way, I was like, you know, grief is not terrible. It's not something that I don't want to feel or that I'm like right. running from right. it's like it's a result of you know how much I love my father how much every time right. I think of him it you know it breaks my heart that he's not here yeah wow that is profound yeah um and I know it changes it changes over time but it it never goes away you know it never goes away um, oh man. I uh, think so, yeah. um, I, um, the w were you there that time that I ran into you guys at Cheesecake, or was that just him and your mom? No, <laughs> you weren't you there. You told me I wasn't there. You told me about this. Yeah, like, it, I think it'd, it'd be hard for people to understand because the when the Haitian president got assassinated, it was so, people, and I'm actually shocked by how, not emotional, but 
I guess sensitive. I guess it's serious. Like a head of a state gets killed and you're just kind of like, yo, that's crazy. And there's such a huge Haitian American community here in South Florida that, you know, everybody has a friend or a coworker or a husband or whatever that's like Haitian or has Haitian family. So a lot, it was a big deal. A lot of people were talking about it. It was kind of sensitive. And then we found out that there were people in Miami kind of like involved, randomly involved. So it was like a weird time. Right. And it was kind of like sensitive. So I bump into um, Alexis's dad. I guess I'm talking to our three uh, listeners. So I bump into <laughs> her dad at Cheesecake Factory and um, I'm with the kids. It was just me and the kids and a friend from out of town, like on an impromptu thing. And I'm leaving now. We bump in, say hi, and playing with the baby. And then, like, now I'm leaving. So as I'm leaving, he screams my name from across the room. And he's like, Eli. And I turn around. And I'm like, oh, hey. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, by the way, you know, you didn't have to kill the Haitian president. Like, and... Oh my God. The restaurant literally got, like, quiet. Quiet? And that's not (laughs) a quiet restaurant. And I just looked at him, and I was just like, yo, why? Like, why? (laughs) Like, why, why, though? Like, I get the joke, but, like, like, why? You know? He was good for one of those inappropriate comments at the wrong time, trust me. And no one would enjoy it more than him. It was so outrageous. No, he loved my reaction because I was <laughs> genuinely confused, like, like kind of embarrassed and like almost <laughs> scared, almost scared because of how like chaotic that whole time was. It's hard for people to uh, probably remember, but especially being like a Haitian, like it was just kind of like, yo, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I remember <laughs> yeah. one time right after 9-11, someone made a 9-11 joke on the phone with me. And I was like, yo, like, it's just too soon, man. Like, like, not, not, like, not a joke about people dying, but kind of like, hey, man, did you do it? Like, you know, one of those on the phone. And I was like, whoa, whoa. So I kind of got like that feeling. Like, yo, oh, way too soon and way yeah. too loud. And way too I, many I have stories for days. Yeah, man. He was um, definitely loved to tease and joke around. So. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have a good sense of humor to be around him. Facts. Facts. Um, yeah, speaking take... of Haitian people, and this is a horrible uh-huh. transition, but I'm gonna go That's for it. We, we're, no, um, we're we're known for those. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of the Winter Olympics, but I'm um, not. This year, um, this kid, I think he's 19 years old, Richardson Viano, he is going to be the first Haitian to compete in the Winter Olympics, like, period. Which I think is amazing. Skiing. Oh, wow. Well, he probably grew up on the uh, the northeast side of Haiti in the mountains where there's snow. Is there, for real? No, there's not. Oh, I was... (laughs) <laughs> like, when did this happen? No, he was actually adopted um, mm. in 2005 um, by this Italian couple. And I guess, you know, wow. there he learned about this sport and started competing. Well, but have you ever been skiing? 
Um, I used to go every year. I used to go snowboarding every year for a long time. Oh, cool. It's fun. Yeah, I, it's tons of fun. There, there are just certain uh, activities that I see and I know right away that my body was you can not do it. made for. Skiing is easy. So snowboarding is more fun but more difficult to learn like in, initially. But skiing is easy. So it, if you go skiing, we should plan a ski trip. If you go skiing, like my one advice would be, or snowboarding, just don't do like a two day or three day trip because the first day always kind of, kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. So like if you do a three day trip, basically like on the day that you're actually having tons of fun because you finally feel like 100% confident and comfortable, you're, it's going to be your last day. You know what I mean? So like yeah. you always want like, a good two, three days, ideally, right. of like being super comfortable where you can have tons of fun, you know? Um, especially cool. if you go snowboarding, you go snowboarding your whole first day and a half. Everybody's a little different, but like your whole first is day and skiing, a half is gonna be easier. Is, is skiing easier than it's snowboarding? Way easier. way easier. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no. Way, the way, slopes way. that I see these uh, competitors skiing down. Oh, no, that's like, insane. I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm, that's I'm great. Insane. Yeah. I'll be in the cabin, like drinking the hot cocoa. That's me. You can find yeah. me there. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, yeah. What's up with this Joe Biden crack pipe story? I, I, a f like ten people tried to talk to me about it, but I don't know enough to really even. Did you see it? There's memes. I did there's see polls. something pop up, like a meme about it, but I, I didn't read into like it. Like they're spending thirty million dollars on like crack on clean crack pipes or something. I have a feeling I know what it's about, but I haven't actually read into it to make an intelligent. Uh, okay, is it like or... kind of along the same ideas of when people provide like clean needles yes, to addicts I think and so. things like that? Yeah, that's my guess. And I was telling someone that. There have been certain studies in some countries that when you provide drugs for people, it actually lessens certain crimes. It lessens like the spread of diseases. Like you just said, clean needles, right? So right. they do like needle exchange programs in certain places where an addict will come in with a dirty needle. So instead of like reusing a needle that's gonna give them hepatitis or or HIV, because they're using it with another drug user, they can um, uh, get that that same... Sorry, a client just walked in. They can get that same... I'm in a meeting. They can get that same uh, dirty needle, exchange it for a clean one, right? And then also they kind of like put them on the track to get help. They're like, hey, by the right. way, while you're here, we have these recovery programs and we can provide right. you with this resource and that. You need a job, you need, you know what I mean? You need rehab, you know? Mm -hmm. So it kind of like, it puts them on the path to recovery and it lessens the crimes that happen around, because they let them do drugs in some of these facilities, right? So right, right, right. there's security, there's cops. So you're not like- It's a safer some, environment. Yeah, but I mean, I've, I've heard that, and I wonder what the numbers of, like, actual rehabilitation are after that, because I've seen on the other side people arguing that this is just enabling and making it, it harder for them to give up the addiction 
altogether. It, it is enabling, but you're enabling something that's going to happen one way or another. Like, an But are you making is, it harder for them to quit? No, because the idea is you're you're putting them in a facility that has the resources, right? So right. you say, hey, by the way, just to let you know, like, this is a doctor, this is this, you know? So I, I mean, from... I haven't looked into this research in a very, very long time. Um, but from everything that I've seen, it 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 works, you know? Um, yeah. It works. So, well, like, you make, you know, that's the argument for, what, what state was it that recently legalized everything? Is it Oregon? Oh, I think all I drugs are legal in Oregon. I think that's the whole argument for that, too. Like, you make it legal... Yeah. And you remove certain certain crimes that occur that yeah, are adjacent around that. to yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, if it helps, it helps. I mean, I'm all about these right. people getting the the help that they need, and they do need the resources to do it. It's just not something right. that you can fight on your own. So, if right. there are programs like that set up, hey, more power to them. Yeah. Um. So we're about a little over a week into black history month uh have you done anything to celebrate or is being black uh, enough that's more than enough yeah <laughs> blackity blackity black black yeah man if ever there's a month to be blackity black black it is now yeah um extra I'm extra black this month so i thought it was cool um my mom is an elementary school teacher and her school decided to highlight and showcase different HBCUs. Mm-hmm. So her class, obviously, um, taking over. She, she, we, we, Megan and I never attended um, HBCUs, but my husband did. He went to FAMU. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, so she chose FAMU as her college to highlight, and we've been helping her kind of like decorate her door and kind of get some memorabilia from the school and stuff like that, which I thought was really cool. I mean, this is not a predominantly black school whatsoever, so yeah. I think that it was a really nice way to celebrate Black History Month. Um, you know what? What I think is really dope. Like there have been a lot of. Uh highly sought after athletes who can go to like big division one yeah it's that literally has nothing to do with what you're talking about i'm just no, finding but, a way but to that is cool crowbar sports into <laughs> whatever we're talking about but yeah like um you know like highly recruited you know number two number three recruited guys who are choosing to go to smaller hbcus which is like unheard of you know a guy would much rather go to duke like a you know, big school on a national stage, um, picking some small HBCU. It's been, it's happening more and more, which is dope. That is really cool. And I think there should be more of that and more of that because honestly, look at look at sports in general. Yeah. Like, we're competing. So right. why not represent, you know, a HBCU? I think that's super cool. Sport. And if I could do it over, like all over from like high school, mm-hmm. I would go yeah. to an HBCU for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just the friendships, the resources. Again, like we were talking about before, but in a different way, you know. Um, so, yeah. I think that's about it. And we'll be back next week with some more topics. 
Sounds like a plan. All right. See ya. Was that was that the appropriate response to that? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Sorry. I think so. <laughs> All right. All right. Later. Later.